can we talk about reflections this week? Reflections and reflecting. That's where I want to take you today. Welcome to your very latest episode of Frazzled, the podcast with me, your host, Kelly Swingler, where I really just kind of talk to you for around about 20 minutes, completely uncut and unedited, getting out my thoughts that hopefully are helping you to make some incredible changes or movements forward in all areas of your life. But with the big aim, I suppose, of helping you to be less frazzled, much more fabulous, as if that, uh, you know, as, as if there isn't uh, room for that already. We, you're already fabulous enough, but hopefully we can get you from frazzled, frazzled even to fabulous with as much ease as possible, as much ease as possible. Maybe letting it be easy will be the topic that I talk to you about next week. We'll maybe, maybe see how that goes. But this week I want to talk to you about reflecting. And I've spoken about this so many times really on, on social media, but I want you to answer a question really honestly. And that is how often do you reflect? Either on what you're doing or how you're feeling or the progress that you're making. How often do you reflect? I think prior to my burnout, the only time that I would ever really do any kind of reflection was when it came to uh, kind of new, I suppose, New Year's resolutions. I was still doing those all, all those years ago. But New Year's resolutions and then if I were having to have an annual performance appraisal or I was going into a meeting with my manager. And you may have heard me talk about before, I scrapped annual performance appraisals in my, in the organisations that I worked with back in 2008. So we moved to kind of quarterly, uh, quarterly goals, quarterly reflections, having those reviews and conversations with ourselves. And that quarterly planning really was something that I brought forward when I started my, my own business, my first business back in January 2014. And then after my second burnout in 2015, that was when I really began to understand this this power of reflecting. And I began to, I suppose, really reflect daily, right, within my journaling. So I started in 2015 this, this gratitude practice that I'd heard loads of people kind of banging on about. But actually what I recognised was if I could just wake every morning, this was in the depths as I was kind of really sinking down into this second period of burnout. I just thought if there was something positive that I could focus on, that's where I'd go. So I started this this gratitude practice and I would wake up every morning and just think of three things that I could be grateful for. And that's how I started my day. And as I was going into this this second period of, of burnout, which was much 
deeper and heavier than the first. And again, I've spoken about this before. My first burnout made me very, very seriously ill. But my second almost killed me. And as I was going into the depths of that, sometimes I didn't have three things that I could think about. Sometimes I would name my sons individually and that would give me two things. But I, as I practised and practised more and more, actually I could be grateful for the roof over my head. I could be grateful for the food that was on the table. I could be grateful that my body was still able to move. I could be grateful that I could still walk around the block. I could be grateful that I could take the dog out for a walk. I would be grateful that the sun was shining. I would be grateful for a rainy day, just being able to sit and listen to the rain kind of bashing on these these roof lights that, that we had in, in, a, in our uh, kind of kitchen dining area. So I began to practice this, but then I really, really kind of got into journaling. And initially when I first started it, I couldn't really get what everybody else was was kind of praising this thing called journaling about. I would literally just find myself doing more of a to-do list, right? These lists would just continue as I tried to get stuff out of my head. But I also realised that's what I needed at the time. I just needed to get stuff out of my head. So it wasn't, you know, there was nothing pretty about it. There was nothing, you know, particularly well thought out about it. It was just me and my notebook just writing And it would turn into a bit of a to-do list. But actually just getting it out of my head began to then help me sleep. But once I'd started to get all of this, I suppose the manicness, all all of this stuff out of my head and onto paper, as I got to do that a bit more, I found myself kind of writing and asking myself some questions at the end of every day. And it could, like, what are you most grateful for today? What are you most proud of today? If you could do today all over again, what might you change? What have you learned? What have you discovered? How have you made yourself proud today? How have you been of service today? How have you helped others today? And through asking these different questions, I, I, it, it kind of took my brain in, in a different direction. But I recognised that these were just some of the reflections from my day. I then started to go into uh, this, my kind of Friday reflections and ask, what have I done this week? What have I learned this week? And how do I feel? So what have I done? What have I learned? How do I feel? And I started asking myself those things at the end of every week. And then a few years later, I also added a fourth question to that. So in addition to what have I done? What have I learned? How do I feel? I would then ask myself, what do I need right now? So I did that fourth question to my Friday reflections And I realised that I was already reflecting on this quarterly basis. I'd started this quarterly planning and I was still doing that. And really just by default, I suppose, kind of accidentally, my, my yearly quarters 
didn't even have to think about them because they would just roll round. So my birthday is in September. I always do this huge reflection in and around my birthday. And I start to think about what I would like the next 12 years to look like. Next 12 years, next 12 months to look like. So I do that in September. In December, obviously, we, we start a new calendar year. What do I want to achieve this calendar year? And with that would come some reflections. What have I, if, what, what, is, what has the last 12 months looked like for me? And what do I want the next 12 months to look like for me? So that became September and December. Then I recognised that in line with tax years, as is, you know, the really exciting stuff, but kind of every March and April, I would also look at from a financial perspective, what has it looked like? What have finances looked like over the last 12 months? What do I want them to look like for this 12 months? And what would need to change to make that happen? What would need to change in order to set some of those goals? And then there was June. June was obviously just the natural kind of quarter to follow that. So in June, you know, even just thinking about what have I achieved over the last three months? What do I want to achieve over the next three months? But June then kind of became the, the three-month review for my finances. The six-month review for my annual calendar processes and and reviews and then kind of my nine month check-in for all those things that I'd been talking about on my birthday so as things just started to fall into place and I found that in doing all of that reflection my daily journaling my four questions on a Friday my Sunday was my my Janning session. It's kind of a, a really in-depth journaling and planning session where I plan my week ahead. And I get quite creative with it. So planning my future, visualising all of the great things that I'd really love to be able to achieve. Doing this kind of mental release again. What's what's What thoughts are bogging me down what's in my head at the moment that's causing me stress or worry or anxiety what what can I do with that if I had a blank sheet of paper what could I create how do I want to feel by this time next week so as I'm writing in my journal next Sunday what do I want to have achieved how do I want to feel what do I want it to have looked like and felt like so do all of those things and I'm mentioning this for you this week because I think I've I've started to speak to more and more people about this reflecting process and lots of people I just like I have no idea. Just on the go all of the time. I don't have time to look back. I don't have time to, to think forward. Just don't have time to do it. And so we keep going and we keep going and we keep going. And just this last weekend... I don't even know where it came from, but I was just sat again with my journal and my pen. And I started writing and thinking back to my in-house HR director days. And I left in-house in 2013. So that's 10 years ago. I started 
my company when I came out of corporate in 2014. But as I sat writing this time, I recognise it's, it's kind of coming up to, I suppose I don't really want to call it an anniversary, but it's coming up to the date in July where I had to have these two operations in 48 hours back in 2013 because of, I suppose, the reaction, if reaction is the right word, but the reaction that my body had had to this very, very severe period of burnout. So in July 2013, in 48 hours, I ended up undergoing two uh, two anaesthetics, two operations at two different hospitals under two different consultants for two different, quite severe medical conditions. And don't know how that popped into my head this weekend, but as I said, just as I was journaling, And it really made me think like when I came out of corporate, uh, initially, I just thought I'm just like I want to live because I want to start my own business. I wasn't leaving because of the burnout, but the burnout had caused me to realise that I really was just a round peg in a square hole. And as I sat thinking about it, I'd started to look for other jobs and knew I needed to leave this toxic organisation that I was in. And I'd started to look around for other jobs, but actually they all just looked pretty much the same. And I didn't want to jump from one job into another job in really the same organisation or a very similar organisation. And it was whilst I was doing my coaching qualification, my exec coaching qualification, we were just kind of finishing that off. And I heard myself say for the first time, I wanted to start my own business. Now, I thought I was a corporate lifer genuinely thought I would be in corporate all of my life and just continuing to climb the ladder and go into bigger and bigger and bigger roles. But as I'd heard myself say this, and when I started thinking about it, I suppose, reflecting on the pros, the cons, what I loved about my my corporate career, what would stop me from setting up on my own? What would it be like? What would the benefits be? So I, I started to kind of get all of all of these things out And realise really that I could make a bigger impact if I were not tied to one organisation. That became my driving force. So I started my company in January 2014. And by the February 2014, I already had my first clients. I was already earning some big money. I was doing some work that I loved with clients that I loved and, and thought this was it. Hadn't really thought anything about the burnout that I'd experienced in 2013. I wasn't thinking about the operation. But months later, when I received the phone call that told me that my replacement had died whilst away on a leadership residential, that became the driving force. And and it was at that point that I remember thinking and saying out loud and sharing with everybody that I would... It, was, it felt like it was my role and my responsibility to ensure that no other HR director ever experienced burnout. And I, I really did get this kind of bee in my bullet. This is when I started studying all that I could around neuroscience. I was doing more around my psychology degree and kind of filling in some of the gaps of, of the degree that I'd completed in psychology years beforehand. I was studying the neuroscience, I was studying hypnotherapy and psychotherapy and 
energy work and understanding our nervous system and what happens to stress. I started picking up more of my yoga, started doing more meditation. I wanted to understand really everything that I possibly could about stress and its impact on our brains and our bodies. And a couple of days after that first phone call, I received the follow-up phone call that told me that I hadn't been the first HR director to become seriously ill in that organisation, as I had thought. There had been others prior to me. And it was then that I, again, I reached out to the CIPD. Like, what are you doing to help HR? And I, I, was, I was told, contact your EAP, contact your employee assistance provider. That didn't feel good enough. So I've dedicated really most of the last 10 years with this focus of wanting to ensure that nobody else gets to that point of burnout. And I talk a lot about it. I talk to audiences all over the world, leadership and HR audiences all over the world. And many, many more of my coaching clients are now working with me one to one. But actually, they're coming to me when they are at that point of burnout already. It's very, very rare. There's, I've probably got five or six clients that are doing some of the preventative stuff. Like I hear everything that you've been saying, but actually I think I'm really close to burnout and I want to not get, not. I don't want it to get that far. So can you please help me? But I've recognised that in some of this help and support and coaching, some people are are a lot closer than they think they are. And so I think as I've been thinking this weekend and, and whatever it was that triggered this kind of, you know, the thought of 10 years ago that I had this operation. I've really kind of begun to reflect on, like, have I really been doing enough? And I know single handedly, I know I cannot banish burnout. Not completely. Absolutely not. So many changes need to take place on an individual level, an organisational level, a leadership level. So, so many things need to happen. And whilst I know that my talks and my books help and I know that my work helps. It also feels that the stuff that I'm doing is 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 the sticking plaster, right? It's the stuff that's coming after the event, and so I don't, I don't know what's to come. But the reflection time that I allowed myself this week is that actually there is a different way. There is something different that I can be doing or something extra that I can be doing. To help people much earlier on. To help people stay positive. Rather than helping them recover from better. And I'm not, not going to stop that. The work that I'm able to do with people I know makes a big difference when they've got to burn out. But again, if we can prevent it and, and tackle these things sooner, that's got to be a better solution for everybody. So I don't, I don't know what it's going to look like. But as part of my reflections this weekend, there is something about this niggle. Something needs to change. Something needs to be different. And what kept coming through to me was that I just need some space to kind of allow myself to think all of that through. Now, I've got Power Up coming up next week. That's going to take up a lot of my time. Just taking on some new additional coaching clients. So that's also taking up some of my time. But I have made myself a promise that throughout July, I won't be taking on any additional work. 
I'm just going to be working with the clients that I already have. And then through August, I've promised myself that I'm going to take a proper break, like a full on break. I'm going to take the whole of August off and slow down and create this thinking time as much as I can in July. Because again, I've learned over the years and if these reflection points are coming up and guiding me to create the space in order for me to begin to do things differently. Again, I've learned a lot over the last 10 years that I cannot ignore that niggling feeling. I can't ignore my intuition anymore. The last time I ignored my intuition was on that very first day of going into that toxic environment and my gut feel saying to me on day one, you need to get out of there. And I didn't. I stayed. And two and a bit years later, I was severely burned out, severely ill. And having two operations in 48 hours. So I've learned over the last, t- last 10 years to really pay attention to that. And I recognise for some of you, if you have your own businesses, many of you are still working in corporate. That space to think, that space to reflect, that space to react and create isn't a month and a bit. But how can you create more reflection time, more thinking time, more time to just be with yourself, to understand everything that you need and to get to the bottom of why you need it? Now, nothing might come out of this break that I'm going to have over the summer. Absolutely nothing might come of it. I had planned already to take an extended break over August but I've moved some things out of my diary for July because I know that I just need to pay attention to this and nothing may come out of it. Maybe I just need a good break or something incredible may come out of it. But I'm, I'm willing and ready to create the space to explore and to, you know, to, to sit and reflect and consider and think and plan. And that is something that you can do in your organisations, whether you're in corporate still or whether you are running your own business, that creation time, that thinking time, that planning time, that's what so many of us need right now. We've stayed in this crisis mode really since 2020. And what we need more than anything is this collective breath. This collective breath where we all just say we cannot continue to jump from crisis to crisis to crisis. We need some of this togetherness, some of the creativity, some of the imagination, some of the innovation, some of the inspiration. That's what we need. So if you can do it on an individual level, oh, amazing. If you can take it into your organisations, into your teams and create some of that thinking time, some of that space. What could be different for you as you come out the other side of summer, heading into September, knowing that this is the, you're just going to finish the year on such a high? You've, you're going to have these plans and, and ideas for the future. So, reflection, reflecting time, reflection time. What could be different for you if you took the time to reflect, to be, to think back and to look forward? Is there a niggle that's telling you that something needs to change that you've been ignoring? If you sat and reflected with that niggle for a while, what might be different? What could change? What could come out? 
is the niggle trying to move you away from frazzled and towards fabulous? How much attention do you need to pay it? What could be different for you if you reflected? And what might you be able to create if you created that time initially for yourself? I'm going to leave you there for today. Please, please, please do keep your feedback coming. It is so, uh, it's just so amazing when I receive all of these wonderful, wonderful messages from you saying how much this podcast means to you all. I'm so, so, so grateful. Uh, I'm going to say have a great week. Next week, let's see what we do. Maybe I'll talk about letting it be easy. Or maybe I'll be talking to you all about my upcoming weekend in London. I'm off to see Pink for the fourth time. This time I'm off to see her at Hyde Park. So I'm very, very much looking forward to that. So let's see what I will have in store for you next week. But hopefully it will be something equally as fabulous to help you stop being frazzled. Have an amazing, amazing, amazing week. Thank you very much for joining me again. And I will speak to you again next Tuesday, 7am. Have a good one, everybody. Bye.